encouraging, inspiring, and empowering mothers on their parenting journey. Welcome to the Oh Baby podcast. Being a mum can be overwhelming and unrelenting, we know. Each episode, we'll be bringing you the top tips, advice, and words of wisdom from experts and industry leaders to help you navigate your own path. It's the information you can trust. Mama, you got this. Hello and welcome to the Oh Baby podcast. I am here today with Chantal and Tanya from InfoGroup. We're going to be talking, uh, guess what, all things car seats. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, there's car seats everywhere. Um, yeah, so Chantal, talk to me about yourself. Tell me about yourself. Yeah, so um, I've been in the industry for going on 14 years now. Um, started off um, baby retailer um, and quite soon into my role there I realised that car seats were a bit of a passion of mine so I uh, became um, child restraint technician, so CRT trained, um, went through all the training so I could um, help customers install car seats into their car um, and during my time there I um, run into an amazing company called Infer Group um, and had the pleasure of selling the products um, and four years ago came on board um, in New Zealand um, and now I oversee the Australian and New Zealand sales for the company. Awesome. Yeah. And Tanya, tell us about yourself. Tell us about InfoGroup as well. Yeah, so uh, I originally started as a volunteer for Plunkett um, when the car seat service was still around um, and I did my training as a child strength technician. Um, then I moved into an injury prevention role um, and became a CRT trainer assessor after a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, I've recently started working for InfoGroup, um, doing training and product consultation. So I'm in retailers and stuff doing install trainings and stuff like that. So yeah. Awesome. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and a little bit about InfoGroup, um, as I alluded to before, obviously I've, I've sold the product for many years, um, but the company's actually been around since 1955, so it was established in 1955 uh, in Sydney, New South Wales, um, and it wasn't actually until 1990s that we started to dabble in the child restraint realm of our business, um, and now that makes up probably 80% of our our core uh, products that we bring to market. Awesome. Um, we're a family-owned business, so we're Australian-owned and operated. Um, we're fourth-generation um, Australian um, family, um, so we're immensely proud um, of that. We still have um, one of our older generations, I guess you could say, <laughs> pottering around doing things in the office too. So um, our company does have a, a, a very big family first vibe to it nice. part of our um, core values um, and another thing about us as well is that um, from the customer care team through to the sales team through to the product team through to our CEO we're all really passionate about what it is we're doing in the market yeah. we care about what we're doing out there um, Tanya will, will chat through some community work that we um that we do that that backs those values up mm. um, and another thing that we're immensely proud of is our always to first always first 
mindset. Um, and examples of those of where we have, I guess, been first to market or leaders in innovation is one example is our very small uh, little plastic clip that we have here on the trial restraint. So um, this was brought into market because in a crash, the tether could flick off the ink point, right? Yeah. Um, and so we saw that as an issue. We created the keeper clip to stop that from happening. Now that clip is on every Australian New Zealand standard car set that's manufactured oh as part of the standard. Um, we were first to bring a turning restraint into the Australian market. Um, first introduce a zero to four compact car seat into the Australian market. Um, first introduce um, a zero to eight restraint as well, and then first introduce a type G um, seat. There's, there's loads of things. First introduce an unharnessed folding booster seat uh, into the market. Um, and I guess the most recent and the one that we're very proud of too is first to design a top tether that helps mitigate misuse in the market as well. So um, oh, nice. we have quite a long list of the first things that we've brought to market. That's so cool. That's yeah. so cool. I can tell that some of these things are things that I wish I would have had <laughs> when I was, you know, had babies and cousins. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a lot of things that, oh, sorry, a lot of things. Um, another, I guess, big thing of our business is the community work that we do. Right. Yeah. Um, that Tanya does a lot of work yeah. on, so she's probably best to talk to you about the things that we do there. Yeah. So that was really kind of one of my first introductions to Infogroup, um, was doing like chicken clinics and stuff where they came and supported. Um, so we've supported community groups like Plunkett, Auckland Transport and stuff doing community-based um, chicken clinics mm -hmm. um, where anyone in the community can come have their restraint checked. Um, sometimes they're replaced. Um, we've done them right from the bottom of the South Island. We've been lucky enough to be invited to Altea on Great Barrier, um, doing oh, restraint stuff there. Um, Auckland, <laughs> restraint, we're all over the place. So, so really cool to be able to do that community stuff where we're actually seeing the products in use, seeing the misuse rate, seeing, yeah. you know, like what's going on in people's cars. Yeah, good um, intentions, but not yeah, good yeah, delivery. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, because no one... And they want to do the right thing. Absolutely, no yeah. one goes out intentionally trying to do this wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, you know, we've, we've got an issue in New Zealand where we've got a really high misuse rate, um, probably about 85%. Um, throughout the country um, yeah. and that's you know those stats are coming from a lot of different organizations so it's it's you know pretty solid data to back that up yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so you're in the community doing stuff in with Plunkett as well uh, yep we do uh, work with Plunkett so yep um, so open transport any any community groups that reach out for help we're, we're really keen to support to support awesome. the work that they do because it's amazing and it's really really important work yeah yeah that's a good why, isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, protecting yeah. your ba people's babies. Yeah. It's a pretty good why. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. So when I think car seats, I think back to a new mum perspective, and it was really hard getting my head around what to buy, how to install them. I actually always found car seats a little bit of a headache, like latching things on, getting things, you know, onto seat belts and, oh, like, trauma <laughs> <laughs> so so what do you see in the market like how's this how's this looking now 
Yeah, so like Tanya mentioned, um, obviously the misuse rate in New Zealand is very high. I mean, the misuse rate in Australia is also very high. It's not just a New Zealand thing. Yeah. Um, and it's what, 85% that we're seeing out there, sometimes higher, um, but on average. Um, and that comes down to, I guess, the the very unique market landscape that we have here in New Zealand. We are one of the only countries in the world to accept three different safety standards. Right. And three okay. different safety standards all work in three different ways. Right. Um, and Tani can talk a little bit more on, I guess, some of the vehicle stuff mm-hmm. as well, because it's not just car seats that there's a mismatch with. Um, and it's, like you say, a, a headache. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, Tanya, did you want to go through? Yeah. So we're um, we're trying to we're trying to fit three different standards of restraints into a fleet of vehicles that is very very fast. Yeah. We've got yeah. European cars. We've got Japanese imports. We've got you know all kinds of things, and we're trying to make restraints that are kind of tailored towards a specific type or you know a yeah. vehicle fit and everything. Um, and you know just a brief rundown on how to identify the standards we um we see seats with chest clips so they are generally american standard seats um and then we've got european standard which generally use a puzzle buckle so puzzles they go one on top of each other and then go in yeah um and we manufactured the new zealand australian joint standard uh, which is really easily identifiable by height markers um, one of the things that is really cool about the New Zealand Australian standard is how how often it's reviewed and revised and what, you know, how they, it's intended to be user-friendly, as user-friendly as possible. So, um, and I think it was about 2010, they ditched um, weight limits yeah. and introduced height markers. Uh, right, so it's yeah. really easy for parents and caregivers to identify, you know, is this restraint suitable for my child? Does it need to be rear-facing? Does it need to be forward-facing? Have they outgrown it? Right. Um, by removing some of those barriers um, okay. to how, you know, how things are, are quite difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's... I think, too, from having the three different standards, um, and there's a lot more detail into the different standards, um, from you know, how they install the testing that goes behind them. And then to back that up, there's also a lack of education in the New Zealand mm-hmm. market as well mm-hmm. about what standards do what, because not every car seat is built the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and as Tony mentioned before, not every car is built the same, so it's not a, a cookie cutter, pick it up off the shelf and put it into my car and it's gonna work type yeah. scenario, unfortunately. Um, here, here in our market, so it is a little bit different to the rest of the world. So, yay for yeah. Kiwi parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. pays to go and see an expert, huh? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, crazy. And so, um, uh, so what are the key types of restraints available? And tell me about them. I know we have some here, so mm-hmm. could be t- yep. take me through. So a lot of parents start off with well, an infant capsule. Yep. Um, so, you know, depending on the standard, it could have a base. It could be one that we install what we call baseless, so just using the seatbelt. Yeah. Um, they are a very convenient option, um, especially for winter babies and stuff. You're not, you know, you're rugging them up inside or putting them in the restraint inside and then putting it into the base or into the vehicle yeah. um, in the car. Or you've got the likes of A0 to 4 here, which is a newborn to a large four year old 
kind of option. Um, or there are restraints that go from birth all the way through to like a large eight-year-old. Yeah. Um, it just kind of depends on, on what you need for your vehicle, for your family, you know, what are we trying to fit in? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We are seeing more three across combinations I was as well. Say, um, with definitely. families. Yeah. Um, Tanya's a little bit of a three across guru <laughs> when it comes to fitting things through. Um, the juggle. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the puzzle yeah. is real. <laughs> How do I avoid buying a van? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, Chantelle mentioned earlier uh, we were first to bring a type G to the market. So, so the New Zealand Australian standard classifies the seats in types, so it's also easy to know what you need to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, so a type G is something like this. It uses an internal harness the whole time, right up to a large eight-year-old. Yeah. So something like this is really good for three across because we're not trying to do up seat belts in between other car seats when, with the booster. Yeah. Um, and are they all still connected to the car seat and the car and with the tethers? Yeah, so um, top tether use is mandatory for the New Zealand Australian standards. So yeah. this is the um, the strap that goes and attaches to the anchor point in your vehicle. Yeah. Um, so the New Zealand Australian standard has the highest level of mandatory testing out of any of them. Um, and this plays a really, really crucial role. Yeah. Um, so in a forward-facing restraint, it limits the forward movement of the seat. Yeah but it also limits how far the he- child's head comes out of the restraint as well. So it does a really, because really important job, yeah. yeah. Um, and when we're using a rear-facing tether, for example, so this one here is just attached to the base, it limits the side rotation of the seat right. and how far front and back it goes. So by limiting the movement of the seat, it limits the movement of the child as well. So it absorbs that crash energy. Yeah, I'm looking at this and seeing side impact pod and mm-hmm. I felt it because I thought, was well, this going to be squishy? But it's actually hard. But like the inside here is a bit squishy yeah. and nice to, yeah. you know, <laughs> that, that's not hard. <laughs> so the, the technology behind this is actually really cool. So um, these are designed to limit the secondary rotation of the child's head um, to keep the head inside here so that the the padding and the um, energy absorption material inside here can do its job so it looks like you know something very very simple but it Mm. does a really amazing yeah i tell you what um my oldest child has just recently purchased a car and I've been looking at all the crash test ratings Mm -hmm. and safety ratings of cars and it's interesting because often the safety ratings for adults as opposed to children are higher than the safety Mm -hmm. rating for children so that's where car seats like this come into play because it increases their safety yeah absolutely yeah that's pretty cool okay makes you feel a little bit more at peace knowing that you're in a, you know they're in good hands mm-hmm. it's being tested um listening to what you're saying is it like am i hearing kind of the australia new zealand standards are probably better um, we'd like to say yes but we've got a really, really high level of mandatory testing that's done. There's only two testing facilities that any New Zealand Australian manufacturer can use for their testing. Yeah. Um, so there's no getting around it. Yeah. Um, Chantal might explain a little bit more about you know the process to get a seat to market with the testing. 
Um, so basically, we obviously come up with the design of a product, right? So product team sits there and goes, look, what cap do we have in the market? Yeah. Let's take a capsule, for example, right? 75% of um, people using a capsule in Australia, it's Australian data from New South Wales, weren't attaching that top tether when they were installing it. Um, and as Tanya mentioned before, it limits our side rotational movement, it limits the amount of movement we have. It's, it's yeah. a really important piece of the restraint, right? Yeah, yeah. And about four or five years ago, we got the data back that 75% of people weren't using it. So we, as a team... Because it was an additional Because it was an additional loop. Loop. An yeah. additional step. Oh, yes, I yeah. remember yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so basically, the product team... Um, saw that there was a gap in the market um, and started, um, I guess, the design of this product here. And what goes into that from a testing point of view, there's huge, huge amounts of R&D work. There's ensuring that, um, you know, we're sending it for testing. And if something falters on a test, mm. um, then it's full back to design, um, changing how it, how it works. I mean, they explain it far better than I do, um, but, changing how it works, but then also bringing that supporting document of what you've changed, you know, what you found, what you've changed, and then retesting as well. Wow. Um, and so there's full traceability through all of the test process. Yeah. Um, some of the other standards, it's not quite as clean cut as that. It's, you take it to a facility, it's tested, if it fails there, then, you know, there's, there's not a lot of uh, traceability of what's happened with that seat, whereas with right. our last standard, there's full traceability from a testing point of view um, and also from uh, a product component point of view as well. So mm. um, we have, as part of um, our safety standard, uh, full traceability of when this buckle was made. Right. What day it came into the factory? Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, for stitching, Bobbin has um, run out of thread. What day that happened within the batch numbers. Oh, wow. So a very high level of traceability to capture anything that would happen when we've got product out in market. So mm. if we have product out in market and there, you know, it's something that is not right with it, stitching, buckle, whatever, we can then go back to our traceability charts and find the batch from that day that shift, these products, um, which gives you a That's sense so cool. of, I guess, a sense of reassurance, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's that peace of mind. It's mm. like buying sustainably with your clothing and stuff. It's like, mm. I know that, you know, those people that have those, I made your clothes, you know, I love mm. that. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And we do have, we have um, introduced a lot of sustainable materials and practices into the manufacturing process as well, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, like all our packaging and, and that kind of yeah, stuff. So it's a, it's a big focus at the moment. Yeah, um, 100%. The team. So cool. So, okay. Um, bit off script. <laughs> I wanna, I'd love to kind of, you know, have a bit of a touch and play. Yeah, and we, sure. <laughs> um, sure. um, I'm just noticing like little things like this, you know, this is going to easily come down. It's not, yep. you know, it's just going to tap asunder. Yeah. It's not going to get in babies. Yeah. The, the, like, how do you undo this? So, to undo it, there's a wee lever. I guess, lift yep. and release. And then this just pops off. 
that was easy. Yeah. So really nice. I used to have this nightmare thing where I had to click and it had to be yeah, clicked at the same time. Right. And yeah. oh Jump God. on one yeah. leg. Yeah. And I feel, oh yeah, that's nice. And Good really nice way. easy things like an inbuilt belt lock off so you're not using locking clips and stuff um, to keep your seatbelt secure. Uh, Isofix if you've got that option in your vehicle. Yeah. Gosh, um, that's changed too, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> Looks yeah. very different. That looks very secure and yeah. sturdy. And nice, so you might be able to see here, so this is red, and then when it's pulled to the correct tension, it's giving you a green indicator to show that, that is, that's correct. Um, so just trying to make things parent-friendly. Exactly. It's like, yep, I've got it right. Yeah. You've got a new baby. Stuff's hard enough as it is. We don't need to make it more complicated. Don't need to go to car seat university. Yeah. <laughs> and and we, want, we want our... Um, you know, our customers to feel confident using the product. Yeah, um, yeah. It's something that you use every day and you need to know, you know, be confident that you can use it comfortably. Have you guys got videos on site to like, yeah, just, you know, install, how you do it? Yeah, so we're working on a suite of videos um, that we have on our website. Oh, cool. So cool. So what are these two buttons here? Is that more of the same clicking, moving? Uh, so those are to release it from a an adapter for a stroller. Um, so oh. they can be used, this can be used as part of a travel system. Um, so yeah, really cool uh, design for that. It's also aircraft compatible as well. So it's got a belt path for using it on an aircraft oh, if you wanted to. And then yeah. you've got the insert for your newborn yep. to take home from the mm -hmm. uh, hospital. Yep. So Must have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Otherwise absolutely. you can't take your baby home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they've done a really good job of designing this. Um, so one of the issues that we've seen a lot is what we call chin to chest. So when a, a uh, newborn yes, baby's here. Which isn't good for breathing. Absolutely, and, yeah. yeah. Um, so the insert is designed for the child's head to naturally sit back in a, a position that keeps the airway open. Oh, yes, I see yeah, that. Because their neck's kind of tilting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So it keeps it nice and open. For them. How yeah. do you test that? Do you have lots of babies on, on hold? Hey guys, <laughs> <laughs> bring your baby in today. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sure there's science around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah we're, we're really lucky to have quite a gifted um, set of engineers in our, in our yeah. product team. So they're the smarts behind all of the things. Yeah. Um, Imagine the technical drawings. My other daughter's doing technical drawing now. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. It's so cool. Um, as Tanya mentioned before, so these buttons here to go on to stroller for stroller compatibility. Yeah. Um, there's 30 odd strollers, I think, in the market that these are compatible with. Oh, wow. um, but just one thing to note talking about that airway as well um, capsules and stroller compatibility are designed for small trips. So yeah. trips to the hospital, to the doctors, to the supermarket, when you're going to be out just for a small time. If we're out all day with baby, take them out of their car seat and lay them flat in their stroller. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's sort of one thing that we do see around mm. the places that um, babies are in the capsules outside of the car. When it's outside mm. of the car, it has a slightly different angle to it. Right, yeah. Which can obviously uh, affect the open airway that we're trying to achieve when it's in the yeah, car. Yeah. So, oh, that's good to know. Yeah, so if we're out for a whole day, baby needs to be flat. Shall we put this one back and then um, yeah. tell me more about this one? So this is, so what sort of, 
uh, age, height, weight range. <laughs> Which one are we doing on this? So zero to a large six months old. Most okay. kids are going to be about 12 months old by the time they actually reach the height marker. It just depends right. on where they carry their height. Yeah. Um, but yeah, usually you're going to use a capsule for about six to 12 months. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. And then this one here. I can see that already that it's adaptable. You've yep. got inserts and stuff. So mm -hmm. kind of age range-ish, height range. Yeah, zero to a large four-year-old, kind of oh, average uh, six-year-old. I'm gonna swap it over and put it back there. Yeah, sure. So you can like show them the final. Oh, I'm attached. Oh yeah, I won't move too far. So you put it in the position you need to. Yeah, so Oh, wow. This reclines right there. Oh, so it's kind of so, like this, but yeah. like not. Yep, so some, some families choose to use a convertible from birth um, instead of going for the capsule. Yeah. Um, and it just grows. So if you pull that lever there, so as baby grows, oh, wow. the seat grows with them. Um, Easy. And then it converts to a forward-facing restraint. And then we can take inserts and all of that kind of stuff out. Um, so it grows with, grows with the child. So it's a really good option if you want something that's going to last a bit longer. And it um, feels like it's got like that memory foam sort of. Yeah, there's lots of padding and stuff in here. This yeah. is a, um, is this a, this bamboo? Yes, yeah, so it's a bamboo charcoal blend fabric. So it's a really nice breathable fabric as well. Yeah. Um, and you can see the height markers here. So this is what we call an A4 restraint. So it's oh, offers extended rear facing. Um, well, there's three markers there. Yeah. One, two, three. Yeah. I see three. Yeah. So, loosen this harness off. We can lift this and press one out. So, oh, right, these yeah. are the two rear facing markers. Um, so, you have to rear face until the child's shoulders reach this one. So, that's what we're talking about with height markers and being nice and easy to understand. And it says there. Yeah. So is that right there? Um, so good. And then once they reach the top of this marker, they have to be forward facing. So you know you turn it around forward facing. Right. Um, yes. Wow. So good. And it's got kind of your instructions and stuff here as well for your forward and yeah. the air barrier cushions here. Yeah. So, so that's yeah similar to the pods here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which limit? Yeah. Movement. Fantastic. Did you want to show the tether and the facing? Sure. So we discussed um, the tethers and stuff as part of the standard. Yeah. So, oh yes, this is what a tether looks like in the refacing position. Because a lot of seats, the American standard, for example, uses a tether forward facing, but yeah. not refacing generally. Um, some of the new European standard ones are bringing in top tether use. Yeah. Um, so we're seeing it more and more. So parents are kind of they're getting used to the fact that there is a top tether. Yeah. Um, so put it on twist up here. You look at so this. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's so pretend you're the anchor point in the car that's going to come up to the parcel tray or the back of your seat. Yeah. Um, and it comes across the door there. Now, a lot of people like, oh, how am I going to get this baby in and out of here with this strap in the way? Yeah. We like to make it nice and easy by having the adjuster uh, right there and it drops it down out of the way. So, so tether good. drops down, you pop baby in, and then you're going to snug that tether up again. 
Yeah. We're not going to have it all twisted like this. We'll <laughs> it nice and flat, but you can see how in a crash that strap limits yeah. that rotation that way and then how far yeah. front and back it goes. I remember the capsule that we had, we had a base as well, but I was just like, it's just so relaxed and wobbly in here, like, yeah. Definitely come a bit further in, in that time. Yeah, that's good. Always progressing. Absolutely. Cool. Is that that one? So that's that Shall we one. Have a look at this one. Yep. This, this is the fun part because I get to play with this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so this one here, are we going to jump out? Yeah, can do it. Awesome. So, height range here. So this one harnesses Oh look it's right. got a cup, it's got cup on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. just noticed this. Super important. <laughs> yeah. Cup holders, raisin holders. Raisin. Yeah. 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 Yes. You're not scraping so <laughs> that is a very good idea. Yeah. Clever mouth. <laughs> so this is um, this is what we call a type G, so it's a fully harnessed restraint. Yeah. Um, so the exit marker for this one oh, is right up, right up oh, here. Wow. Um, at about 51 centimetres. So it's the highest. So some adults could be sitting there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we, we work with a, um, a tradition and she actually fits in one of these. <laughs> So yeah, my son, he's nearly 10, he's 10 in January, uh, and he still fits in one of these. Um, so a really good option for those kids that just can't sit still, we've got ants in their pants, um, or you've got you know three across and it's a tight squeeze and you haven't got room to do a booster up. Yeah. Um, but the really nice thing about these is you're using that harness for as long as possible, yeah. which helps spread the crash forces evenly yeah it's yeah. got more contact with the body yeah. i've even seen like billboards where guys have got bruises where mm -hmm. they're you know seat belts yeah. and stuff are. yeah so this is what yeah. you want for your kids anyway absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah um with our type g um seats they have um, an entry marker which is slightly different to these ones here which are from newborn so the shoulders have to be above the line for the child to fit in the restraint right and um, the reason i point that out is because um, some of the restraints under our standard have got an age range that's attached to them right the height marker trumps any age range so if we have um you know, a forward face from 12 months as an example, um, if the shoulders aren't above that line, they're too small for it. Right. Same yeah. goes for um, a rearward facing restraint, even though it might say rearward facing to a large 12 month old. If they're under that marker, they can continue to rearward face till they hit that marker. Right. Yeah. So the height limits on our restraints trump anything yeah. from an age range point of view. My, my girl was, all my kids were all incredibly tall. Mm -hmm. So they would have been. <laughs> from missing the capsule, <laughs> almost like they were just giants, actual giants. Um, okay, that's good to know. Our seats also um, 
are height based on seated height. Yeah. So depending on where they hold their height. Yeah. So if you've got a kid who's got massively long legs. Yeah. But short torso. Oh yes, mm. I've yep. seen like videos of people like yep. sitting together and then you're like, whoa. Mm. And it's, <laughs> yeah, it's quite funny because we've I've seen videos that um, some independent technicians have done where they've got a whole bunch of kids that are around like the eight year old limit. I think mm. it is, which is. Our, our legislation of when kids can technically go out of a child restraint. We obviously recommend best practice, which Shana's going to talk to a little bit um, more in detail. Yeah. Um, but the ranges of kids are so different and their heights are so different and their torso heights are so different. So not every kid is yeah. the same as well. Yeah, um, so yeah, long legs are great. We can, we can harness to high school. <laughs> <laughs> Short torso. <laughs> oh, cool. So yeah, this is great. Um, ACT, HIP, what are all these acronyms? <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, good thing. So ACT is uh, what we call eco technology. Yeah. Um, so our shells are a double layer. Um, oh, wow. with, So they've got ear inside the shell. Yeah. Um, and that is designed to, on impact, to cocoon around the child. Um, and there's certain points in the shell where the ear will come out to absorb that energy. Um, so, so cool. yeah, it's the it's like sciencey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, My son would love this. Yeah. So ACT, um, we've got HIP, which is head impact protection, um, which is foam, um, a high density foam inside the headrest. Yeah. yeah. So there's some really cool features. And all your base models have this technology. They all have either the. HIP or yeah. ACT. They do, yeah. Depending on, yeah. Depending on the model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. That's good. I'm just making sure that I have covered the things that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> um, did you want to talk about the ACT with Secure Ear and how it... Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. So I might pull this down here if we can. Yeah. Just because I'm going to pull this apart. Um, I'm glad I picked this up. It's really hard to pull apart. <laughs> Just with the sliding. Um, all our covers are machine washable, which makes it super parent friendly. Oh, right. Pull it up over so your pods. Pull it over the pods here. So this little yellow pad here is what we call secure ear. Um, so okay. that's an additional layer of ear. So we've got the three layers of side impact protection here. Oh, yeah. By adding this little pad here, we exceed the mandatory side impact testing requirements by five times the standard. Oh, wow. Um, it makes a massive, massive difference in a side impact crash, and that's what we tend to do most in New Zealand, a lot of side impact crashes. Um, right. Yeah. And they're the ones that are sitting by the doors. Oh, yeah. I don't even want to think about that. Absolutely. So, yeah, all these little wee things make, make a massive difference in a crash um, yeah. and you know I mean we don't set out on a journey to crash yeah. but it happens yeah. um, and about 80% of crashes that happen within about 5k's of your house um, oh and, and we see that a lot a lot of people are like before holidays or we're going on a big trip can I get my car seat checked when oh. statistically your everyday driving around your neighborhood is when you're going to no, so it's a really important thing to make sure that you know how to use your restraint yeah. every time you're using it, yeah. um, not just when you're going on a long drive. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as Tanya mentioned before, just in regards to the testing, um, from a side impact point of view, obviously for us that's our, that's our biggest area of risk, right? So we, we test for frontal impact, for rear impact. 
We test for side impact. We replicate a rollover test. We also do some testing on the crutch buckle here. Um, all of these hard parts here are designed to, to rotate outwards and away from the child's genital area. So there's all of these things that are mandatory for our standard. Um, from our side impact testing point of view, um, we don't just test at 90 degrees because cars don't crash perfect. So generally, if you're in a side impact, mm. you've probably swerved here the way, right? Oh, right. Yeah, and so yeah. we come and we do oblique testing. So we send the restraint down the sled at different angles as well, just to make sure from a side impact point of view, the child is fully protected. Mm. So there is a huge level of, of testing that goes into an Australian New Zealand standard child restraint. Yeah. It's so good. Actually, I'm thinking we're talking about a podcast right now. Uh, guys, go watch this on YouTube because it's far more interesting when you've got the products on YouTube. <laughs> go watch the video. <laughs> Otherwise, we're just like, hmm, ah, yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> and it's cool to look at these products and play with them. So, this is all really good to know. So, if I'm a mum, first time mum, haven't bought a car seat yet. Uh, how do we choose the right restraint for our child? What should we be looking for? So I'd probably start by looking at something that's going to allow what we call best practice use. Yeah. So in a nutshell, best practice is refacing as long as possible. Yeah. And we want kids refacing to at least two. So you want to max out the limits of that restraint. Oh my gosh, I didn't do that. <laughs> um, and then we want to harness as long as possible. Yeah. And then we want to use a booster as long as possible. So something that's going to allow you to do that is probably top priority. Yeah. Um, it also needs to fit your budget. Everyone has yeah. budget. Um, and there's, you know, there's really safe options to fit everybody's budget. Um, also, what's, what does your family look like? Do you need something that's three cross friendly? Do you have a tiny car and a giant driver? You know, there's yeah. a lot of factors to, to consider. So, yeah. I recommend that people go in with a wish list. Yeah. You know, I want to seek to do this. So you've got you've got those things that are important to you yeah. um, when you go into a store yeah. or if you're talking to to an independent technician or someone for asking for advice. Yeah. yeah. And also where you're putting it into, mm. right? Like what car you're putting it into. Because like I mentioned before, it's not just pick up off the shelf and stick it into a vehicle. Yeah. Um, because each vehicle is, is very different. Yeah. So this isn't necessarily just an easy buy online situation. It's, hey, this is the type of car I've got. This is the kind of use I'm thinking. This is my family makeup. What do you recommend mm -hmm. kind of yeah. situation? Yeah. 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 And going to like special stores, like with, with experts in? Yep. Um, or trained people? Yeah, yeah. Seeking advice from, from a child restraint technician is a really good yeah. um, good idea. There's a lot of resources online. We've got a lot on our website. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just thinking about who's using the restraint, you know, things um, like twist and lift, for example. So this is a headrest that adjusts the harness for you. So as you raise the headrest, the harness moves. So it's a really great option for grandparents that are using a restraint for multiple grandchildren yeah and you know all they have to do is yes. change that they're not re-threading straps and having to know you know how heavy is this child or how yeah. tall are they standing and that kind of stuff so really think about how the restraint's going to be used mm. so that you can fit yeah fit good point needs. good point uh, so what are your key do's and don'ts and tips and in, in this space oh so i mean there's a lot um <laughs> 
some of them um, seem to be very common sense, but we, we see it, unfortunately, mm. in the market. So the biggest thing is um, don't have a child on your lap when your car is moving. That, we, we see that. Children are designed to be in restraints because restraints help protect them in the vehicle. So if the car is moving, the child needs to be in the restraint. Um, don't use um, a restraint that's too big or too small for your child. So like maxing those limits out for sure, but not overextending those limits. Um, making sure that once we've outgrown our height markers, we're moving it to the next position. Yep. Or if we've got inserts, um, that need to come out at a certain time, making sure we put in those inserts out. If we have a crutch buckle that needs to be extended, extending the crutch buckle out. Yeah. Um, so you're just making sure that the child restraint fits the child that's that's using it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess uh, one of the big things is don't buy something just because your friend has it. So as we've said, we have three different safety standards. Your friend may have a seat that is this brand, mm. but that brand can come in three different safety standards. Right. So and again, it's you know different cars, different children, 100%. all those things. Yep. Yeah. Um, so it might not fit your situation. So mm. like Tony says, have your wish list of what you want and what you need. Um, and really try go and obviously we're going to take advice from our friends and family, mm. um, but really think about how the restraint is going to work for you. Mm. Um, in winter, make sure we take jackets off, baby, because mm. we want the harness to be as close to their body as we possibly can. Um, and that goes for us too. We shouldn't wear big puffer jackets because there's obviously space um, that compresses in a crash, which gives us space to move. Oh, interesting. Yep, so harness and seatbelt needs to be as close mm -hmm. to our strongest parts yep. of our body as possible. Uh -huh. um, so we take jackets off and then we lay out on top of, we put baby mm -hmm. in the cabin blanket on top of. Yeah. So a, a trick that we like to teach parents is the pinch test. Yeah. Um, so once the restraint is, once the child's in the restraint, you want to snug the harness up enough so that you can't pinch the webbing at their shoulders. Oh. If you can pinch it, it's too loose. If your fingers slide off and you can't pinch it, that's the perfect um, snugness. So everyone can do the pinch test the same. There used to be a lot of um, you know advice about two fingers or one finger or whatever under the harness, but that's going to be different for everyone. Yeah. Um, whereas the pinch test is what we call gold standard. Um, that's a really good way of determining if the harness is tight enough. So we want it nice and flat with no twists, because yeah. um, if there's twists, the, the crash energy can be concentrated in those areas. Oh, yeah. So nice and flat, passing the pinch test, and we want the restraint to pass what we call the inch test. So pinch test and inch test are really, really good you know, go-tos for checking. So we want less than an inch of movement in the restraint at the belt path. So where the seat belt or the ice fix is coming through, oh, yeah. you yeah. want to give it a wee test here and make sure there's less than an inch of movement there. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, so good. And I guess from a do point of view, is like do your research, have a look, have a play around, make sure that you can use the seat because again, just because something is a price point or it's the latest and greatest, if you can't use it properly, then it's not going to do what it's designed to do. Um, and one thing that I stress a lot when we do seminars to the point I must have it in about eight different slides um, is oh, read, you know <laughs> read your instructions. <laughs> 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 something I prepared. Yeah. 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 Um, be 
think it's something it's, for group therapy. <laughs> um, it's really great to seek advice from a technician. Like that's awesome. They have the expert advice to give you. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to a technician to install your seat for you, make sure that they're teaching you how to install the seat. Because at three o'clock in the morning, when you need to change your car seats over because you need to take baby to the hospital, mm. that technician's not going to come around to your house and do it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you get a warrant of fitness and they undo your seat belt because they need to check it that technician's not there to reinstall your car seat. So reading your instruction manual, um, learning how to install it is probably like the biggest advice from a do's point of view. Mm, yeah, good good tip, good tip. Um, recline for rear facing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's, we, we touched a little bit earlier about the um, asphyxiation risk. Yep, so we want to make sure that the restraint is at the appropriate recline, generally around about 45 degrees. Um, Yeah, so some restraints will have like a recline angle on them, an indicator to check. Um, I use an app on my phone that you can put in the back of your restraint. Uh Um, So your recline angles are really important for for that airway issue, but also for crash energy absorption. Yeah, yeah. I love that you touched on, you know, the grandparent side of things. So even teaching them how to use it, yeah, what 100%. to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why finding something that's easy to use mm-hmm. is really important because an installed correctly car seat is going to be much more beneficial in a crash than an incorrectly installed car seat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if you want to talk through, obviously we mentioned best practice before, um, but... You know, obviously that's a buzzword, best practice. Um, do we want to run through what best practice is and how it links up to the legislation? Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so the law here in New Zealand is fairly minimal at best, mm-hmm. right? So child must be in an approved child restraint up until their seventh birthday, mm-hmm. right? Um, and up until the eighth birthday, they have to be in an approved child restraint if there's one in the vehicle. Um, from eight to 14, they must be in outstation lap belt. And then from 14, they're no longer the driver's responsibility, essentially. So that's why there's the age there for 14. Mm. So if we notice... Yeah, 14. Yeah, once they're 15, they get their own no seatbelt yeah, fines. They get their own fines. Um, best practice, though, is obviously rearward facing for as long as you possibly can, minimum of two, but more if your seat allows you to. Um, and then using our internal harness again for as long as you can because they're the heaviest parts of the child secured into the restraint. Um, and then to boost it to 148 centimetres. Now, 148 centimetres, because I know adults that are 148 centimetres. Yeah. <laughs> um, 148 centimetres, there's a a reason behind it, that magic number. Tanya's really good at um, explaining the reasons behind the rearward facing to two, uh, at least, and then the 148 centimetres. Yeah, so so rearward facing, um, obviously a a baby or a young child's head in comparison with their body is is massive. Um, And the vertebrae aren't. And also their vertebrae aren't, they're not what we call ossified. So the, the bones are still lots of little right. parts. Yeah. Um, so in, a, in an impact, if they're facing forwards, that head 
it has got a lot of weight behind it. Um, so we want to use the back of the restraint when they're refacing. It keeps the, the head and the spine all aligned um, and absorbs that energy. So it's going to oh, stop right. the head from coming forward. Uh, it's going to protect their, you know, their spine and their spinal cord, which is really, really important. Mm. Um, so that's the, the behind the rear-facing um, nice. thing. A lot that's of awesome. Yeah, a lot of kids can comfortably rear-face to four or five beyond. Um, so the longer they can rear-face, the better. Um, we don't need to worry about their legs being being taught. You know, they'll bend their legs, cross their legs, put them up the back of the seat. That's that's not a safety concern. Um, and then an adult seatbelt is designed to fit a person around 148 centimetres. Um, another really important thing to factor in, though, is has the child gone through puberty? Because that changes the shape of the hips and their pelvis um, to keep the seatbelt. Down yes, actually. Yeah. That are relatable. Yeah. Teenage yeah. girls, yes. Yeah, okay. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So so in a younger child, the um, the hips and the pelvis are quite curved, so the, the seatbelt can slide up up into the soft right. um, tissue there, whereas in an adult, it's got a bit of an angle to it and it can hold that down. Right. We really want to make sure that the lap belt is low across the top of the lap yeah. and that the um, the sash portion is in, kind of in contact with your collarbone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're getting those strong parts of your body uh, and that's what a booster does. It boosts the child up so that the seatbelt fits correctly. It also offers a bit of side impact protection as well yeah. um, for a full booster. So good. This has been so helpful. I feel very empowered. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners will be feeling very like, I know what I'm looking for. Henceforth, yeah. I shall. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go see an expert technician to help me yeah. make sure I've installed my current car seat or get a new one or yeah. go and get yeah. one. Yeah. So um, and there's certainly not a silly question when it comes to restraints. Mm. Um, you know, we, we do checking clinics um, quite a lot. We're, we're very fortunate to be able to do that. And as Tanya mentioned before, people don't go out intentionally wanting to do it wrong they want to do their best mm -hmm. and it's all about education it's about showing them how to do it so they leave empowered like you say to yeah. to really own their restraint and how it helps yeah it's not like you're going to use it you know it's not a five minute use you're going to be using this for you know a few years yeah. you know multiple children yeah. potentially so yeah. it's worth getting invested in yeah. spending an hour with a technician to yeah. seek them out for safety for yeah and there's a lot time. of stigma around it as well like we want people asking questions. We want mm. people to have the knowledge and, you know, to feel comfortable yeah. um, instead of, you know, oh, I'm too scared to ask that. Yeah. Don't be shy. Yeah, absolutely. I still ask really silly questions yeah. sometimes when it comes to our safety standards um, <laughs> because obviously we're experts in the standard, right? Yeah. And so we'll get to a checking clinic and I'll go, Tanya, I'm going to a bit of help with this. I'm like, no question is a silly question. No one knows so, all the answers. Yeah. We're all learning in life. So, yeah. yeah. So good, so helpful too. So, resources, where can we get more info? Yeah, so we've got a bunch of info on our website, infogroup.co.nz. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, you can also go to um, the NZTA website um, or Google Find Your Child Restraint Technician. Yep. Um, and that will give you a list of local technicians in your area. Um, there's some good information on the Plunkett website yes. as well. Um, 
and Auckland Transport are in the process of putting some really cool resources together which will be available to people so that's worth keeping an eye out for that. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Checked all, all the resources off the list. So yes. Infogroup.co.nz <laughs> yeah. um, and yeah. Have a listen to this awesome podcast. Watch it on YouTube, preferably. Because <laughs> otherwise, we're just going to be like, what the heck are they talking about? But yeah, it's been awesome and enlightening. And um, yeah, I'm really excited about how safe our kids are now yeah. in comparison. Yeah. <laughs> but my kids are still like, anyway, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having us, Andrew. It's been fantastic. Thanks for listening to the Oh Baby podcast. If you've found this episode useful and encouraging, make sure to share it with your village so that more mothers can feel empowered. Head to obaby.co.nz for more from us and don't forget to subscribe. Mama, you got this. Till next time.